I'm delighted to welcome Director of Drama Kristen Burgess and Director of Acting Wynne Jones and five of this year's final year actors who are about to appear in the first productions taking place in Milton Court, two of Chekhov's finest plays, The Seagull and The Three Sisters. Welcome everybody. Uh, Christian and Wim, we'll come to you first. Um, Christian, you're directing The Seagull, when you're directing The Three Sisters. Yes. What made you <coughs> choose these plays, and particularly what made you choose them to open these new venues in Martin Court? Well, Wynne and I stared at each other for actually many hours, um, engaged in <laughs> conversations <laughs> about what shall we do when we open these, this new building. It seemed like a really important moment in the, in the history of the school and we thought about, you know, flying in an important director from New York or asking Richard Eyre or someone. And, and then one day we were up, up smoking cigarettes up on the um, high walk and we, I don't know, we got on to talking about it. And um, I remember the conversation vaguely where we said, well, actually, shouldn't we do this? Shouldn't we, um, you know, we've got a lot invested in, in, in the school. And um, shouldn't we do this? And what is it that we both do in the training? Uh, it's Chekhov. We work always, we have done for many years, uh, looked at Chekhov with the first year students. And uh, why don't we think about doing Chekhov? Then we, and we, we, um, both got a bit nervous at the prospect and then a day or two later we started talking about it again and, and then a debate started which went on for quite a few days and weeks about how on earth are we going to work out the casting? Are we going to have names in a hat and pick a name out each or are we going to have your turn, my turn, your... We both got quite nervous at the prospect of that uh, debate. Because you and have a pool of actors to... Yeah. You kind of need to split them in half, don't you? Yes, exactly. So then it occurred to us, why don't we stick with the groups that we started with in the first year, which are rather arbitrarily uh, shared out, we've, with whom we've already had a dialogue looking at a, a different play by the same author. And that's what we arrived at, wasn't it? We often work with in the third year, actors, some of whom we've worked a lot with in the first year, others maybe we haven't worked very much at all. So this is the first time we've been able to do third year work with a group of actors that we have spent ten weeks solidly working on Chekhov on for in their first summer term. So I think having decided not to do an all singing, all dancing, whistles and bells flashy opening production. I think we thought we've got this wonderful new building and actually what we should do is show the work that we do. And, and that's the raison d'etre of all this. And it's been very wonderful so far to be working with people with whom you already have some kind of shorthand to build on it. Yeah. They may tell you otherwise, but <laughs> for me it has been. And is it challenging for you both, um, you're directing in brand new spaces, Christian, you're directing in the studio theatre, mm. when you're in Milton Court Theatre, which is, is two, two, three seats, so reasonably large scale. Um, is it quite challenging for you to direct plays in those new spaces? Did you know what you had to work with, or is it just a case of that you're working it out as you during the rehearsal process? 
Well, I really like proscenium spaces. I've done plays in Travers in the round and all sorts of different thrust, all sorts of different configurations, but I do have a particular fondness for proscenium. And we've rather perversely for our opening production, we've got a proscenium set, but we've thrust the stage through into the audience, so we still have an apron. Um, I think the big thing is that the actors have been working in quite small classrooms and rehearsal rooms in the old building. And it's been a question of not just adapting to a bigger theatre space, but a bigger proscenium space where you have a very high upper circle, a very low front row of the stores, you have the two boxes on various levels. So it's doing the play has been one thing, but actually including your technique to and stagecraft to communicate it to an audience <coughs> has been a vital part of it and it's a huge learning experience I think and, and an invaluable one but it's it's beautiful to work in this new space it's just so intimate but it's very challenging in terms of technical commands mm. and Christian you're in quite a different space in the sense that it's more yeah, like a studio. box really isn't it yeah I, I think I realised that the, the Silk Street Theatre is almost in my DNA now, and I kind of know what it does. Um, this space, yeah, it's been challenging because there are lots of things that I didn't know it would do, like, for example, and some of it are is a response to features of the design of the space in which there are a few mistakes, inevitably. Um, the doors don't shut silently, that there are lights that you, in places that you don't want them to be, so, and two of the entrances are front of house, which is obviously deliberate, but there are things that we have to find out about as we go on, and we've just finished our technical rehearsal, so. Um, but it's looking promising and, uh, as a space, and I think it's got a good uh, basic shape and um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it very much indeed. Well, we have five cast members here. Um, three from the Seagull <coughs> and two from the Three Sisters, is that right? It's the other way around. Other way around, sorry. <laughs> um, so let's come to um, the Seagull first, um, which is Joe Eyre and Jacob Fortune Lloyd. So um, you're working with Christian on this show. And obviously you're approaching roles that are, qu are quite well known. These plays are quite classic plays. Um, can you tell us a bit about, well, who you're playing and how you've approached the role? Um, uh, I play um, a character called Dawn, who's a doctor, and um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's odd when, when people tell you that, that they love a character that you're playing and, and you, you have no image of who it, <laughs> who it is. Um, I've seen one other production with Seagull, but I have no memory of Dawn at all. <laughs> It was years ago. I was really young. It wasn't that it was terrible, but um, <laughs> I. So I. You just try and find out as much as you can about being a doctor in in eighteen nineties Russia, as a start, and then. So there's a body of information, and then and then. We've had a long time to just explore, the stuff we don't get to see in the play and the sort of life outside, of this because, a lot of these characters, um, Dawn just kind of pops in and out and doesn't really give much away about his life but I hope that through rehearsal I've found some things that, that enrich all that and um, inform a, a sort of more fuller 
I'm more first person. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Jacob? Um, I'm playing Trigorin. Um, at the beginning of the process, I remember Christian saying, mm. "We don't want to create a bastard." Um, someone who's um, known to be that, or at least supposed to be that. And then I think the other day, no, yesterday, I had the note from Christian, well, he'd do that because he's a bastard. <laughs> um, when um, I was... <laughs> uh, but, um, How dare you? <laughs> I, out my <laughs> it's, very, it's very easy, um, I think, at first, because you have to find something you like about the character, or at least enjoy playing, to over-sympathise and make them very nice. Um, and um, justify everything they do. And uh, for me, it's been a process of finding out his selfishness um, and where that links with my own selfishness. Um, I was um, showing um, Joe actually this morning this um, essay I was reading by David Hare mm. last night. Um, funnily enough, it was a, there's a passage about Chekhov because he's talking about John Osborne. And uh, he says that they're the same, or the same, they're similar because they are both called humane often, but that actually, if you look carefully, they are both, their humanity is that they're unflinchingly hard on people. They don't let them get away with anything. Um, and I think, for me, it's been unearthing Trigorin's nastiness. Um, not playing nasty, but where he uh, refuses to let other people in for his own ends. Well, it's quite a journey, quite a challenge. <laughs> Um, and we have three people um, from Three Sisters. We've got Kate Phillips, Ben Wainwright, and Jay Seigel. Welcome. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about who you're playing? Um, I'm playing Marsha. Uh, she's the middle sister. And um, what do you want? How have you approached the role? M my, how have I approached the role? Well, um, I suppose what's become quite important for me during the rehearsal process is, is what your character offers in the whole scheme of the play itself and um, I suppose because Three Sisters can sort of fall into a tragic moments all too often we need to find all the moments where there's humour and there's, there's light and there, there are, there's, it's, like a, it's like a painting in that there are other characters that need to come in with red otherwise you just have this sort of pastely, um, anemic-looking thing. I, I so I suppose I've been careful to to discover what I can offer in as a, as a sort of uh, bit of music, um, and um, and I actually don't think know whether I've discovered that very much. Um, Chekhov wrote a, a letter to Olga Nipper when she was playing the role. Um, at the Moscow Arts Theatre, and his advice to her was that she should never be sad. She should always be angry, but she can't. She can't be sad. And I, I think, finding colours that are, because I'm, I'm quite sort of moody and temperamental. So, um, finding colours that aren't grumpy, but actually there's a huge amount of humour in my role. So, <laughs> yeah, just discovering stuff that's, that's more interesting and more playful and more actually human and. And we, we need that right at the end of the play because it's very tragic, but you can, they're going on. Uh, these three sisters are holding each other and they're, they're, they're listening to the music play on and there has to be more colours than just sad. Um, so yeah, I'm just struggling with that. 
I think we have a saying in the rehearsal room, the Three Sisters is a comedy except when it's a tragedy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben? Yeah, uh, I'm playing the part of Vierschinen. Um, a lot of the journey has been trying to pronounce the name right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure we've got there yet. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange part that the, there are these huge kind of philosophical meanderings, or so they seem at first. Um, and I think what's, what struck me with it, I think quite often when I read a part, I have an, I have an image and an idea of how I want to play it quite, quite early on. Um, and I still struggle with that. I don't quite see Vyshinin particularly clearly in my mind. But it's, it's been a question of trying to make this, this philosophy somehow human and tangible and, and what purpose it actually has in the room, what, what is the intention of all of these pages of speech. Um, and ultimately, I think in many cases, it comes down to trying to seduce a girl, which is actually a very simple thing to play. So, yeah, I mean, in amongst all this, all this dense text, it's actually, in many ways, very simple. Um, but then again, it's a question of trying to colour that um, and make it live and, and not make it sound like unintelligible philosophy um, and somehow keep the lyricism without making it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun wrestling with it, yeah. And Jay? Uh, um, I'm playing Andre, who is the brother of the three sisters. Uh, and on my first reading, I thought it was deceptively simple. He has a very clear journey um, that he goes on, broadly speaking, from happy to sad. Um, <laughs> but it's finding, finding the colours, as Kate was saying, within that is proving incredibly tricky. Um, and the thing that's helped me the most is I've been thinking about in the last couple of days, certainly, that he's more of a fighter. It's very easy to, to go into all the self-pity um, and to want the audience to sympathise very much. Um, and actually, no, he's, he's a person, just like everyone else is a person, with flaws, with attributes and everything else. Um, and as Kate says, he goes on as well. Um, I've been thinking that it's very sad how how the play ends, uh, but actually, yeah, he fights and he goes on. But broadly speaking, my pencil sketch for this character is far, far less distinct than I would normally like. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know whether that's a comment on how, how I've been approaching it or how open-ended Chekhov leaves the characters, uh, how interpretable, if that's a word, they are, how easily interpreted they are, um, and that every person offers something new to the part. So I'm kind of aware at the moment that every time I do it, there are certain notes that I have to hit that I've discussed with Wynne. But within that, every night will really be very different. And how upset or how angry or how happy I get will be hugely influenced by how I'm feeling on the day. Um, and so hopefully more interesting as a result of it. Uh, and working, working with two people, because Chekhov and Mamet, I think are the two voices that we've got, both of them have such distinct styles, and having it, having a Chekhov play shaped by David Mamet is is a gift, uh, and it makes it very punchy and muscular, and easier not to go into the self-pitying, um, reflective stuff, which hopefully will make it more interesting to watch. Great. Well, you're you're all in these new spaces. So, how is it being to rehearse in them for the first time? 
we should say the last two years you've kind of been tucked away, you haven't been doing public performances, you've been in spaces that, um, as one was saying, quite small, um, uh, tucked away in your rehearsal rooms, and now you're suddenly on these huge, shiny mm. new spaces. How's it been? Well, we are in a very... Uh, the, the nicest the, yeah. ever rehearsal room. Yeah. Three sisters are in uh, the sort of penthouse suite, mm. and we have um, a view over London. And just having um, moments when we're doing improvisation, or at, or anything actually, to look up and see clouds, is um, is very inspiring mm. and quite mm. evocative sometimes. Na natural light has an unbelievable effect. <laughs> I spent two years uh, at Guildhall um, dozing in lessons, <laughs> as women will testify. <laughs> um, and I haven't had that problem at all since the new building. But I mean, rehearsing in a space like that just. Having air above your head is just, a, you can find size um, and hopefully truth with that size. But I mean, that, that above anything, I think it really, things I've seen people do in rehearsal rooms that, that probably wouldn't be possible in the kind of corridors of um, old Guildhall. Yeah. It's wonderful doing it as well in, uh, with windows, with natural light. You feel so much more connected to the outside world. You're not rehearsing in a vacuum just to put onto the theatre. You're taking inspiration from outside life, um, which is really, it's wonderful. Whereas we, the remedials, are <laughs> in the basement. The dungeon. With no natural light. <laughs> um, but the rehearsal room is astonishingly good. Um, and So we should say Milton Court has three large-scale rehearsal rooms, yes. isn't it? as well as smaller teaching spaces, and you're all in these larger rooms, some of which are kind of double height and things, so yes. generally there's a lot But actually, I mean, the, the room reflects the, I mean, our ceiling, our, our um, theatre ceiling with the grid is low, um, so actually it's been helpful because mm -hmm. uh, we haven't had that, um, that inspiring um, natural light, but uh, you've had to create it yourself, and, um, and actually the, it's the, the, the design, which I'm not sure I should go into or not, uh, at least the design that we're using. Sold out anyway. So. <laughs> that Agnes has designed, Agnes Treplin has designed it um, with a, a, pa a glass panel, um, which takes the, which is a glass panel, but also represents, with the use of light and water, uh, the lake. Um, is it's a two D image, so um, you have to, and you can't. It's I don't, I don't pretend in the room that it's a lake. I look at it as what it yeah. is. Um, so that it reflects the, the, the rehearsal we're using, which um, we've just been good. sort of seeing it in its full glory. We've we've been in the studio for about a week now, and um, the studio is a very bare, kind of dark, um, slightly claustrophobic room to be in, and I've, it's very helpful. I've got more and more interested in the idea of the house, which is all we yeah. ever see. The only place we ever see these characters is this house over the course of two years, where they where they all come together. And then behind it, there's this thing that's this enormous lake, and it's you start to it's helpful feeling that you have this huge sort of um, reservoir behind you, and then this very neat and tidy little surface. It's sort of starting to inform more how the scenes work because you can't always be huge in a small space like that. It feels completely wrong, but but you have a sense that there's something there's a dimension behind you that's backing you up and sort of roaring away and it's, it's an absolutely beautiful space.
I think that, that Quinn and I have very deliberately approached the work with very, very different aesthetics um, in terms of the, the approach to design and light and environment. And hopefully, you'd need to see both pieces, but hopefully the combined offer will give us a sense of something of the breadth of what's on offer in the training. Mm. And um, talking about the training, and we said that the first two years of the course kind of exist in almost a bubble. You don't, you kind of tucked away from the public eye. Um, this year is probably going to be quite a different year for you, isn't it? Both in terms of doing a series of public performances, and obviously looking to when you leave Guildhall, and also because you've moved into a new building. So, how are you feeling about that? Are you kind of? I think it, it feels like a very natural progression. Um, which is quite pleasant from <coughs> the scare stories you hear about the third year. Um, <laughs> everything changes in third year. But I think because we've already worked with Wynn and worked with um, Christian on Chekhov, there's no conceivable kind of um, bump um, yet. <laughs> but um, I think it's been, it's been a very smooth transition as a result of that. But um, who knows? And it's a tribute, uh, a tribute to, in our case, Wynn, uh, who talks quite a lot about enjoying watching us grapple. So there's still a feeling we're learning, uh, we're still kind of going on, and there's more and more to learn. Um, and that will never end, hopefully. If we can take that on into our professional lives afterwards, then there's no reason to be, hopefully, ever scared of casting agents or directors or <laughs> anyone who'd like to see us. And there still is a training year. You're still having exactly. classes yeah. in between yeah. public relations. Yeah. It, does feel, it does feel, personally, it does feel different. I mean, when um, we spend the last four or five weeks in one rehearsal room uh, and now we're in a studio theatre. We haven't been using the teaching rooms and the, and the other rehearsal rooms. Um, so in a sense, I sometimes imagine that we're kind of visiting company um, uh, that we don't, you know, we don't run around the building getting changed out in and out of things. So there is a, a marked difference between the first and second year. Um, that doesn't feel uneasy, but I do, I do, I do think it makes you realise where you are and where you've come from. Yeah. Um, well, finally, Christian, um, we've already talked quite a lot about Milton Court, but um, perhaps you could give us a view of the department and how this building affects the training, what you offer students who are going to come here, how much it changes that Guildhall experience for people who are coming to study acting here, and actually the stuff that stays the same and will always be the same. Um, I think at the heart of it, we hope that it'll stay the same. The ethos hasn't changed. Um, and our, um, the, the, the obsessions that drive us individually and collectively haven't changed. The people that are at the heart of the training haven't changed. The bricks and mortar has changed and the, the reason for optimism is that the, the new facilities um, just offer us much, much higher quality environment in which to work. Um, you know, previously we were, particularly in relation to rehearsing, we'd be very often um, shipped up to the YMCA or, you know, where there's people shouting outside the window all the time, and, or we'd be in a room that was a third of the size of the um, stage that you're about to work on. Um, so that's a massive, massive shift, and, but at the heart of what we do and what we care about, and at the, I hope at the heart of the 
dialogue between the teachers and the directors and the people who work here and the, the young actors who are training, I hope that's going to broadly stay the same. I mean, it shifts, obviously. You, you know, no, no two people are the same, but and no two years are the same. There's a kind of chemistry which you can't predict, which informs the, the, the particular quality and the dynamic of each of the years. But yeah, right at the heart of it, I, I hope. It's a, it's a complicated question because I think very strongly that we can't afford to stand still. You know, and it's, it's easy to celebrate success when we are fortunate enough to, to receive it, but at the same time, we keep having, we, we need to keep moving. And, and I personally feel quite strongly that this is the moment that we need to start to focus on what do we, where do we go next? You know, we've been gifted this extraordinary building, but we mustn't stand still. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you um, for that. We're looking forward to performances of The Seagull and The Three Sisters. The Seagull opens on 17th of October and is returns only. Three Sisters opens on 19th of October and we have a tiny number of tickets left, so get to the Barbican box office fast. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.